Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Netflix's Lock and Key, the comic book's Lock and Key, and the virus Lock and Key that is sweeping the nation of America and beyond. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. Healthy Justin. I'm Pete. I'm probably going to die first. Yeah. That's been true for years. (laughs) Uh, Pete's a little sick this episode. Uh, You're you're under the weather, not Mm -hmm. feeling that well, so we're going to, of course... Cut you lots of slack. Don't even worry about it. You just relax, buddy. You hang in there. You have a good time. Well, just sit in, that, sit in that mending cabinet over there that is your apartment. And I we'll wish. <laughs> lock it up. Uh, well, you. don't worry. We're going we're gonna to cut right into you and find out what's wrong, Pete, because we're going to be talking about Lock and Key Dissection, yes. directed oh, by man. Don Wilkinson, written by Michael D. Fuller. This is the seventh episode of season one. Of the Netflix series. Now, there's only three we get into, left. That is correct. Ten yeah. minus I'm seven freak- is three. You're getting better by the second, out. buddy. I'm Cheers. freaking out, man. I don't know. Oh, this is amazing. I don't want it to end. It's going so well. Oh, it's great. Speaking uh, of going what? well, this show has been um, ranked in Netflix's top ten for mm-hmm. many weeks. Yeah, it's Yet crazy. We have I mean, no season two announcement. Uh, well, uh, so let's talk about that for a second, because maybe even by the time we put this up, there will be some sort of announcement. But uh, two things about that. One, uh, Netflix generally never makes an announcement about anything. There's always exceptions, but they never make an ex- announcement until well over a month after the show comes out. And it usually you can almost do it by the day. It came out February 7th. You would have expected something around March 7th. I'd be surprised if we don't hear something this week that we are taping this episode right now. Um, And certainly to your point about the top 10 list. Now, this is a new thing that Netflix started in the past couple of weeks, about halfway through the run of Lock and Key. And it's based on their new metrics, which is as long as somebody purposefully watches two minutes of one episode of a TV show, that counts as a view in their mind. That's the way so, I count. Con- that's why I count conversations as well. Right. If you we talk to me for two minutes, it. we're friends. <laughs> yes. This podcast so far has at least three views. That's pretty exciting. It's very oh. good. Yeah. Uh, I but, I but, wonder if it's going to be like an HBO uh, Watchmen situation where they're just going to be one and done and be like, "Hey, we can't get any better than that," and just walk no away way. with the double. No, one hundred percent, definitely not. I mean, to your point, Justin, regardless of what metric you're basing it on, if you look at those top ten lists, it's been in there for well over a month at this point, again, when we're taping. And if you look at the rest of the list, the closest thing there to release date is Narcos Mexico, which was a week later. And that hasn't been holding as well as Lock and Key. So yeah, it, it's kind and of that's a popular. That. That's a popular show, Narcos. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, people don't talk about it necessarily in the mainstream, but it's an enormous show for uh, Netflix, probably uh, arguably even on par with like Stranger Things. So yeah. I think that bodes wow. very good things for the future of Lock and Key, which is pretty awesome. I am excited because I agree with you. I think we will get that that announcement. It's just uh, well, I haven't want seen it. how it ends. You know, I mean, what if they just use all material from the books? You know, and then that's it. I don't want to spoil anything, but the Earth blows up, and a big booming voice says, "No more keys ever." But I think there's, I think there's a possibility. Wow. Wow. There's there's a wiggle room. 
So we'll see what happens. You why don't we get into recap for what has? Uh, yeah, sorry about that, Pete. Uh, why don't we get into recap of what's happened so far? The big things that you probably need to know is there is a kid named Sam Lesser who was going to high school with a kid named Tyler Locke. Uh, Sam Lesser was a little bit disturbed, not doing very well. Uh, but a man yeah. named Rendell Locke was trying to mentor him, uh, and instead he hooked up with a demon named Dodge. And ended up killing Rendell Locke. Those are pieces that we've slowly been piecing together. A lot of the connective fiber gets filled in this episode, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, but another crucial thing you need to know from back in the day is Tyler had a seemingly casual conversation with Sam, where Sam said, uh, sometimes I want to kill my dad. And Tyler said, yeah, well, if you ever do that, kill my dad, too. And then Sam went mm-hmm. and killed his dad. And that's something that's been really hanging over Tyler for this entire series, which now, which is, weird, which is tough because, you know, that's a natural thing to say. It's just an, like, oh, man, I hate my dad. Yeah, it's like, yeah, kill my dad, too. You know, it's just you're just being polite. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't beat yourself up over stuff like that. You know, I did that. Actually, the other day I went into an alleyway and I was like, uh, kill Pete. Here's uh, here's yeah. 150 bucks. Kill Pete. You know, just very get, casual stuff. Get Pete sick with this virus. He's like, he's my dad. <laughs> Go shake hands with him and don't wash your hands first. That sort of thing. Wow, man. Only 150 bucks to kill somebody? I don't know, buddy. This guy, it was either that or meatball subs from Subway. And uh, <laughs> I went with the cash because I didn't want to get him sick. So, uh, Sam, uh, after the death of Rendell Locke, the Locke family moved to Matheson, Massachusetts. There they moved into his old home of Key House and discovered a number of magical keys there. Dodge, the demon entity that we talked about earlier, wants all of these keys. However, she can only take the keys from the Locks if uh, they are given to her. We find out a couple more wrinkles about that this episode as well. And uh, the other Locke children, I should mention, there's Bodie, who's the youngest. There's Kinsey, who's the middle kid. They all are holding on to different keys. There's also Nina Locke, who's the mother, who's getting increasingly confused and worried as time goes on because adults can't see the magic of the house. She's Mm -hmm. also dealing with the death of Joe Ridgway, who is a teacher at Matheson Academy. She became very close to. Uh, we suspected that perhaps Ellie Whedon, who was an old classmate of Rendell Locke, murdered him. Uh, and she suspects her as well. Uh, and where we left off the last episode, uh, Uncle Duncan Locke, who is a relative of the family, had mm-hmm. left the house. And as he left the house, Sam Lesser was walking into the house uh, while Tyler is actually, maybe I'm getting this wrong. Uh, Tyler's still out with Dodge, right? Yeah. So Tyler was approached by Dodge. They are getting drunk in the truck and hooking up in the truck. Oh, they're Uh, getting it. That's some classic truck boning. Happening uh, you right might there. say he's putting his his key in a lock, if you know oh, what I mean. Come on, or maybe man. she's on, putting man. her Wait, key in a lock. I want to back up lock. the truck for a second. Key here. on a lock. Hang on. Key, bagels key and on locks. a lock. Bagels Stop. And bagels. Locks. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> I want to just say what's upsetting to me is apparently in Massachusetts, there's no, like, you know, uh, there was McGruff the crime dog. You okay, know. I like where and this is was, going. And there was the bear. That <laughs> this is definitely about. not fever talk, right here. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah. And then there was, you know, the the forest bear who was like, "Hey, don't light them forest fires." <laughs> Smoky, Smoky yeah, forest the bear. bear. Smoky the bear. Right. Do you mean Smoky or so, another forest bear? I don't know. Don't know. But I'm just saying, in my school, there was like a PSA that would come on, and it was kind of like a dude who looked like Alex, and was like, "Hey, oh. don't listen to the things that talk to you in paintings." That's like. Day one of school, you get that PSA, right. and I don't know why we're everybody's <laughs> acting like you should be listening does to painting it, people. Does it affect anything that I am also a forest bear? Yeah, <laughs> does that change anything for you, Pete? No, that that really freaks me out. You've been covering a lot of PSA stuff, but you got to feed your family, so I'm not mad at you. Whatever, man. Don't smoke and drive. That's what I always say. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Uh, don't we fuck in a truck. Because- That's so. In my high school, is don't fuck in a, a raccoon would come out and say, "Don't fuck in a truck." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jump right out of your face, just hiss. Yeah, say it. But that's where that I'm guy. from. That was uh, fucky the raccoon, right? Uh, that's right. That's exactly right. Go with it. You must have had that where you're from in Long uh, Island. No, we just had some raccoons, but they knew about it. They told me about it. 
Let's jump into this because we're definitely jumping ahead through a lot of plot points here. We actually start with a flashback to Sam in silent science class. They're dissecting pigs and Sam starts to do an oinking with a pig to Jingle Bells, but he goes a little too far. Like he keeps going with it. It goes past the point where it just starts to become disturbing. And I, I like this setup for Sam quite a bit. How did you feel about it? Oh, of course you do. Well, you don't like it, Pete? No, I mean, this is, uh, this is really gross, you know? It's did super you have gross. to dissect a, a, a pig, a fetal pig, when you were in high school? No, frogs. We had frogs. Mm-hmm. Did you do pigs, Alex? Uh, no, we actually also did frogs, and I don't want to brag, but I was the only person in my junior high class to successfully remove the entire digestive tract of the frog. Not only that, you know, found some cicadas in its stomach, and that made me want to be for years a gastrointestinal surgeon. Until years later, I realized, wait a second, as a gastrointestinal surgeon, I'm not going to remove people's entire digestive systems, and then I became an actor. Wait, I wait, love wait, that wait, shit. Wait First off, Alex, you've been dining out on that story for years. <laughs> All you talk about is that digestive tract. You keep bringing it up like mean? it's the first time we've ever heard it, but we know about the frog. Wait, what the fuck you mean you are the only one in your school? How do they know that? In my class. In, class. Oh, in your class. class. I thought you meant like in your whole in the whole history of your school, you were the only one to get it right. Well, they always, they marked it down. We had the wall of the digestive tract. Yeah. Uh, There's a big so trophy at your school. Yeah, there, you, there was right? no pictures. It's like an employee of the month thing, except uh, removal of a frog's digestive tract. Yeah, you were sort of the, like the quarterback of the football team for that, right? You were like, <laughs> Yeah, except for removing uh, stuff from frogs. <laughs> Uh, that is funny that you wanted to be a, a gastrointestinal surgeon. When I was a kid, I, uh, my aunt had a flute and I blew, I got a sound out of it. She was like, play this, try to play it. And I got sound of it. She was like, wow, you're really good at that. It's really hard to do that. So I, when we signed up for instruments, I signed up to play the flute, which was, I was the, I was the only <laughs> male in the history of my school to have done that. A. Oh. B, I was absolutely horrible at it. <laughs> and. Yeah. Uh, I quit, and now, and now you're in the uh, the the band, the national band. I quit and became an actor, just like you, Alex. Oh wow, <laughs> Pete, what thing did you think you were good at? Oh man, math, <laughs> nothing. I never thought I was good at anything. Oh, Come on, how dare you? Uh, well, my point though with the Sam thing, which they thread throughout the episode, and if you've only been watching the show, if you haven't read the comics or anything, we're not really going to get into spoilers for the comics. Um, but the thing that I think is nice about this is they do create sympathy for Sam in the comic in a way where you realize, and we talked about this when we were talking about the volume with the flashbacks with Sam, yeah. uh, the issue with the flashbacks with Sam, uh, where you understand him you start to feel bad and then you remember what a horrible person he is and i think with giving an entirely different story in this episode they Mm -hmm. did the same job where he's a bad guy but you feel for him you feel a little bit but it's not like a it felt like in the comic it was more redeeming i feel like in this he has some funny moments like when he's like, prison was rough, guys. You know, st- there's light, fun moments with him. But I don't know if I completely am like, oh, man, this guy. Well, the, I mean, I disagree with you. I actually think I feel more sympathy in the show for him because he's very clearly a kid in the in the show. In the, mm-hmm. in the comic book series, he's drawn as sort of like, uh, it's hard to tell how old he is. Uh, right. He's like a little more uh, villainous looking, I think. In the show, like... He still feels off, but he is a kid throughout this whole story. And I I think that's very telling. I thought this episode, I think this is my favorite episode so far. Um, Mm. I thought this did such a great job. Like, Dissection is such a good title because we dissect the character of Sam Lesser, who is one of two villains in the series so far. And in the course of the 40 or 50 minutes, whatever this is, he goes from the villain to just a character you feel horrible for. Uh, so quickly. It's it's really smartly done. Yeah, and I think this 
the reason I like the scene is because it gets to his essential character conflict so quickly and so succinctly that he just wants to belong. He wants to be accepted. He wants people to like him, but he doesn't know how to relate to human beings and he takes it too far. Yeah, and right. that's true across the board. What he does with Tyler, what he, uh, how he's trying taught by his dad who abuses him, uh, the, what happens later on when he's just trying to fit in with the Locke family sitting around dinner and making this mockery of it. He just, he can't connect. Like he can't take that step to understand what normal behavior is and it sends him in the wrong direction. And we'll talk about a moment later on, but there's a a really beautiful moment between him and Tyler towards the end of the episode where it just, all of that gets washed away and he finally understands. And uh, like you were saying, Justin, I think just his character arc is so clear over the course of this episode. It's great. You're talking about when they're both drunk in the truck, just looking at each other. And then one of them was like, turns on the slow dance music no, and no, they start no, making out. Sam, Sam. <laughs> We're talking about Sam. Oh, uh, you want to talk about his sex, are, Pete? Yeah, we should also mention we uh, we tape this over Skype, but we do it on video. And uh, you can see Pete, like, flames are starting to come off his head for the fever right now. So yeah. just uh, cut him some slack, guys. You classic uh, flame head. Uh, yes. I also want to say one other thing about this, uh, the flashback with uh, Rendell. It's so... Um, it's so clear in this TV series that uh, Rendell's uh, all of his choices are about penance because of what happened in the drowning cave. Um, mm-hmm. And we've learned a l- little bit about that, not a ton. And it feels like that's something that is always we've seen him a lot in flashbacks and it seems always present with him. And that's something very mm-hmm. different from the comic series who Rendell Lock was someone we didn't really see much of. We just heard about. And here yeah. we see that the his time with the keys affected his life in a negative way forever. And I think that's a very distinct difference from the comic book series to the show. And it makes for sort of a a tension hanging over the entire series um, as the kids keep getting more and more keys. Yeah, it's kind of that classic saying, you know, more money, more problems, you know. Yeah. yeah, I don't That's, know why they didn't just say that. That would have uh, <laughs> cut through a lot of the treacle. It's true. Yeah. It's weird how many like keys and locks and references to the show and comic book were in that video. More money, more yeah. problems. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, we do get a little bit more of the flashback, uh, which is Rendell is talking to him. Sam doesn't understand. He says everybody was laughing. They were having a great time. He says, "I think you should go to vocational school." And that's when, as Pete mentioned. Sam hears whispering from Dodge in a picture of Keyhouse. Uh, and I, I liked how they set this up. It's not as visually crisp as the way that Gabriel Rodriguez does it. Um, but I think yeah. the way that they play it and the way that they write Sam is he thinks he's going crazy at this point. And I think that's totally fair because it would drive him to do what he does either way. Yeah. Uh, at that point, we cut to Sam waiting in front of Keyhouse. He breaks into Keyhouse. He cuts himself on the glass. And while he's doing that, now we talked about this with the last episode, but geographically, they set up everybody so clearly here where Kinsey and Bodie are downstairs. Nina is upstairs. Tyler is out. Sex. He, and uh, he's sexing. He's Tyler he, is at sex. Yes. <laughs> he's he's making is, the brunch. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. What the Big fuck? on locks. Big, big on locks. locks. Yeah, big on locks. Uh, he, uh, so we know where everybody is. We know that Duncan has left. Uh, so it's Kinsey and Bodie are looking through boxes. They see a stuffed whale, which is a nice setup for what happens later. Um, oh, man. There's nothing like finding a nice stuffed whale. <laughs> That's a, could, uh, please elaborate more on that. Yeah, keep going. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes you look through old stuff and then you come across and you're like, oh, man. I remember that stuffed whale. What was your pre- what was your stuffed animal that really brought you love back in the day, Pete? Um, wow, uh, it would be my. Uh, I had a stuffed clown that I took with me everywhere. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> explain so much. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Sam is. How about wait, wait, the- wait. I'm not the only oh, one sharing here. Are you guys, professional you guys time again? Is- walk around with stuffed animals? Like, what was your deal? Oh, I, I had um, uh, textbooks. I was planning for my future. 
know, real grown up stuff. I mostly had four hundred one ks and Roth IRAs. Wow. Well, you were you probably you had a stuffed uh, frog GI tract, right, Alex? <laughs> yes, I did. Planning I, for your future. Yes, when I carried around a stuffed animal in um, junior high school. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so Sam eats a banana. Uh, he's hungry. He picks up the phone. He sees Nina's phone down there. Very smart. Takes it. Uh, goes up the stairs. See Nina is looking some pictures. He goes into Tyler's room and puts on his clothes. Sees the scar on his head from where Nina hit him. Uh, and I think, again, all of this is very smart in terms of nonverbal, economical way of explaining his character that he wants to be Tyler. But there's yeah. a scar. There's something left over. And he wants to. Yeah, he wants the life that he doesn't understand and can't figure out how to get like he, he was never able. And that's why he's such so vulnerable to Dodge because Dodge is the only person in this moment that is in the flashback moment and in the present who is giving him any sort of connection that he can work Mm -hmm. with. Now these scenes were really creepy as fuck. And this is so tense. Yeah. I'm like yelling at the goddamn computer screen. One thing I wanted to say also um, about the Kinsey and Bodie scene is it's very clear that um, Kinsey is fearless because she got rid of her fear, but she's also sort of shameless, the, mm-hmm. it, which is a little bit of a twist on it that I think is – it helps make her uh, more of a wild card and mm-hmm. lets her say sort of whatever she's thinking. But she's just has – it goes beyond just lost fear, I think. Also, She's kind of like the William H. Macy of the show, I would say. Yes, definitely. That's the well, point I'm making. Also, yeah, Bodie w- wants to call Tyler. You know, he yeah. wants to know what's going on. Yes, but he can't because he's uh, getting his fuck on. Yeah. Uh, so, fuck uh, it, yes, fuck truck. Uh, so uh, Kinsey sees the broken window. She immediately thinks it's the well lady is back after all this time. Uh, Nina hears a sound from Tyler's room and approaches. And this is where we don't exactly get pedal to the metal, but this is definitely where the uh, chain, uh, the pace of the episode changes because yeah. Sam has a gun. And I love this next move. This next move is they realize something's happening upstairs. Bodie says, okay, you know what? I'm going to use the ghost door to scout out the house and find out what's going on. And I feel like this is the, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first time that they're really using the keys offensively in a way. Or tactically is what I, the word I have to use. Yeah, that's a better word. Because they're they're not super, they still aren't offensive with it. I think that's what Tyler's going to bring eventually is my guess. But it's, yeah, it's like, oh, let's be smart about this and not just sort of fumble around and guess. Yeah. uh, Which which is cool. Makes me upset because when Tyler shows up, he he could have done a better job. Wow. Well, he's a kid. He's not a superhero. Yeah, he's just coming out. He's a very emotional day. Roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, I love the line when uh, Bodhi uses the ghost or like a sock without a foot in it. Oh, I have that written down as well. Man, so good. Such a good line. Bodhi, Uh, in this episode, and in every episode, just like... Has the lines, has the yeah, like yes. killer later when he's like, holy shit, so <laughs> good, so funny. Yeah. Uh, so he uh, sees Sam, uh, finds out that what Sam is looking for specifically is the head key, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, certainly, we don't find exactly why he wants it, but I think... I think if you're watching the show closely, you can kind of intuit why Sam and therefore Dodge might want the head key. But in case you haven't figured it out, we'll get to that later. Uh, Bodie tells Kinsey what's going on, and she immediately jumps into action and hides the head key inside the stuffed whale, which I think is a very smart move. Like, I think everybody, for the most part, is working at the height of their intelligence in this episode, which I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I, I disagree a little bit with that. But what stinks is you're ruining a perfectly good stuffed whale. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. You know what she should have said? She should have said, hey, Sam, here's the head key. I don't want to ruin this stuffed whale. Or just right, she just puts it in her fucking pocket and doesn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> She's check her pocket. <laughs> it's not a good hiding place. Sure Pete. is. <laughs> Um, okay. One thing I thought I was thinking during this whole sequence is, does Dodge know that the keys whisper to the kids? 
Mm. Uh, because the Sam, like the whole directionality of this now, because of the whispering, Sam, no one's aware. How is everyone aware of what's who, who has what keys and everything? Mm. I mean, I think what I've gathered from what happened so far, and we don't know why, but there's a certain point when the keys do start whispering. Like, they're not constantly whispering. It's basically when they want to be found, they whisper to whoever can hear them, and then they follow them there. So I think... I don't know. I, I, I don't know if Dodge knows. I don't know if Sam knows. But I don't... I don't know if it's quite important for the action of this episode in particular. Do you feel it, it is? No, it just made me think of just the strategy of the way this episode plays out. Uh, it's just something that like, oh, it, because that's such a new aspect to the show, to to this story, mm-hmm. via the show, it makes me have so many more questions about how everything unfolds. Sure. Uh, well, uh, up next, Bodhi takes, uh, thinks that Sam can't take the keys Um so, uh, oh, right. They, sorry, I totally skipped over something. Sam approaches them at that point, right? Well, we, and we like, skipped over that Nina, Nina sees Sam, and it's just yeah. a great confrontation between these two. Nina is uh, scared, but also she's, you know, being uh, like the protective mom. And ready, like, it's just such a, uh, there's so much like dynamite at the middle of that scene. Um, I mean, could you imagine, though, uh, watching that scene? I couldn't help put myself in Nina's head thinking about like this guy came into my house in Seattle, killed my husband in front of me, threatened my children, shot me. And now here he is again in Massachusetts. That's impossible, like impossible to think about. And I think Darby Stanchfield plays it so well as this thing of like absolute terror and disbelief and so many emotions going on at the same time. And I love the way that they played it quickly rather than like mm-hmm. really dwelling on like some sort of like big dramatic emotive moments. It was just like lightning fast. It's happening. She reacts. He reacts. Like I thought that was such a smart move that I didn't expect. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, I wrote this down wrong, but at this point, this is when uh, Sam approaches them. Bodhi says, you can't take the keys. Uh, Sam's like, takes the keys from him and also takes Kenzie's key, which I believe was hidden in her pocket, Pete. It's crazy <laughs> that he found that. Just put it in the other one. Yeah. Uh, smart. That's the <laughs> oh, thing of right. pockets is no one, no one yeah. thinks to check the pockets. Right. That's How a lot of times. You have? One. I right? like when I put, when I put stuff in my pockets, I draw a little treasure map. So I remember to go get it. <laughs> smart. <laughs> smart thinking. That's what they call the hair going down from your chest, the treasure trail, because it points directly to the one pocket your keys are in. Right, Pete? What? What the <laughs> fuck? You talking about his dick? No. No, I specifically said the hair, as we all know, the hair on your chest and stomach, it curves and points to the pocket that your key is in. That's how, that's how my hair is, and I'm sure that's how your hair is as well. Pete, I don't. I don't even know how to address this, man. It's just so messed up in so many levels. Okay, so at this point, when things are just at their tensest, we jump over to Tyler, who is drinking with Dodge in the car. They make out, which they is very upsetting. Yeah, yeah, because you know he has a girlfriend. They just had a mm-hmm. little bit of a fight, and now he's just making up sure. with some well lady. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. We've all hooked up with a well person. Uh, I mean, of course. No. Who hasn't? What? How am I yeah. the guy that's sick and you've both made out with well people? You, uh... Because you're you unwell. Throw... You're <laughs> unwell, Pete. There you go. <laughs> you need to get well. Pete, get well soon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, by no, that, that I mean get, get with a well person soon. Right. It was what you do, Pete, is you throw a quarter down the well and you say, "Oh, I wish I could make out with you." What's and funny? Then they they crawl up out of the well, usually backwards, which yep. is pretty upsetting. And then you they die five days later. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> What's what was weird was uh, I was uh, in Baltimore, you know, um, and I'm driving back from my brother's house. It's me and my mom, and we pass uh, someone who's got like a little well in their front yard. And I was like, oh, I hope that whole house burns to the ground. And she was like, what? 
What is that about? And I was like, she's got a well in her front yard that's creepy as fuck. She was like, since when do you hate wells so much? I was like, Ma, start watching Lock and Key. What's wrong with you? Or listen to our podcast. That's really insulting. (laughs) Yeah, come on, Mama LePage. Doesn't she want to hear our takes? And does she even know about Alex's uh, frog skills? (laughs) uh, What's her number? I'll give her a call. Oh, don't. I'll, I'll let her know about it. I'm not giving you my mom's number. That's really weird. Or right, just her email that or something. Why or did LinkedIn. you ask for she my mom's phone me. number? Alex, is I'll, she on I'll, LinkedIn? I'll give you her number. I have it. <laughs> okay, thanks. She either fave five. So then we get back to the family. We get back to the family. Bodie, Kinsey, and Nita are tied up. Sam is uh, reheating some turkey tetrazzini. Yes. Uh, Kinsey's pretty pissed off because she's a vegetarian and he's like, eat around the turkey. It's not how it works. Not good. No. Uh, But Kinsey, to your point about her being a little reckless, but I think in the right way here, she riles up Sam. And I think everybody else gets nervous about it, but her strategy clearly is to throw Sam off of his game. And I think it works. It does work. And what I like about this, as well as the scene later with uh, Tyler, is uh, Tyler and Kinsey get to fix their um, what their trauma a little bit with what happens mm-hmm. here uh, from their last interaction with Sam Kinsey because now she's fearless. Her whole thing was she was feels bad that she ran away and hid. She feels like a coward, and she gets to because she's given up her fear confront him aggressively in this uh, this scene. So it's great. Yeah. Uh, And then we get a flashback. This is the second real sad flashback here. He's making dinner for his sister. Their house is a mess. Uh, And just as he makes her the dinner, dad comes back and he's super pissed that they used his cola. uh, And he approaches Sam and yells at him. And he's like, come on, come on, hit me back, hit me back. Uh, And he won't do it, at which point Tyler comes over. Sam immediately leaves. And we cut to the present where Sam is drinking cola. Uh, And again, very sad, very traumatic scene that really puts you in Sam's head and at least makes you understand what he's going through, even if you don't agree with it. Yeah, I'd be hard pressed to agree with it. Um, In any case, (laughs) well, I'm saying agree with his actions following up on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I def- the only thing I agree with this is love of cola. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not what you were supposed to take away from that scene. <laughs> the ultimate sympathetic move is to drink soda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very sad. Um, but Tyler. Uh, oh, right. So he's drinking the cola. Nina asks about his omega tattoo. Yeah, which, which I think I- is. I was going to say, I love how active she is in the, this part of the show because she is sidelined because as a part of the main key action, uh, because she can't understand the magic of the keys, but she has her own separate track to investigate this and it's working so well. It's such a difference in the comic, but it's working really well, I think. Yeah, so uh, he starts to say it's Rendell's fault. All of this is Rendell's fault. And Nina is trying to understand, but clearly she does not have all the information to actually uh, understand at all what is going on here. Uh, And then uh, he reveals that the well lady is Dodge. Yeah. He drops the name Dodge um, and explains that someone with the head key knows how to open the black door, a point that Kinsey gets very interested about. Yes. And again, if we've been watching the show without spoiling it, I think you could probably figure out who has that information, uh, but they don't specifically say it this episode. Well, and also, now, do you think Kinsey's interested in it um, because she's still under the influence of when she was uh, sort of uh, called to the black door? Or do you mm. think she just is like, oh, this is something that the mystery that I'm trying to see? Yeah, she's interested because, yeah, it fits in what she's curious about. Yeah, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about that interpretation, Justin. Certainly uh, when I watched it. I thought about it like Pete, that it was interested to kind of like figure out more about this mystery. But I do think there's still that moment with her looking through the black door, looking through the keyhole is very weird. Yeah. And clearly there's something engrossing and addictive about it. So I could see that interpretation as well. Yeah. Any peephole is interesting. 
That's, yes, that's I not love, true. I love watching people on television. That's one of my favorite things to do. TV, uh, TVs we, are the ultimate peoples, Alex. It's true. Yes. Uh, and then we cut back to Tyler and Dodge, completely clothed but post-coital in the car. Um, one now of my favorite Tyler things. Tyler starts making moves and it gets exciting because Tyler yeah. is starting to figure out who she is and what she's about. And he even gets the key away from her, which I couldn't believe. Yeah. Well, he just needed to clean the pipes. You know what I'm talking about, right, Pete? Come on. Pete? Zalbin, can you not be a piece of shit for like five minutes? Pete, he just needed to clean the pipes so he could be thinking clearly, like in your favorite movie, Cabin Boy. (laughs) Oh, my God. I got to agree with Pete here, Alex. You've you've lost. <laughs> you've lost it. You're a piece of shit. I have to agree. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, to agree with Pete on a separate thing, uh, unrelated to what kind of piece of you thing you are, Alex. Um, when Tyler sees the anywhere key and grabs it, this is so exciting. Yeah. It, again, it felt like finally they're making tactical smart. Choices. Yes, finally. Yeah, we're make we're yes. we're making strategic moves. And figuring and, things out. And I love the way he delivers a line where she's like, hey, why don't you just, you know, give that back to me? And he says, why don't you just take it from me? And there's that pause there. And then he books it out of the car, chases. He uses yeah. the anywhere to key to get back home. And immediately, and I, this is where I disagree with you, Pete. He immediately is like, he tackles and kicks the crap out of Sam. Which was not, it didn't work. I love the impulse of it. But sure. You- what what would what else would he have done? He's he not a, anywhere, a soldier. He could He's have a kid. He could have done some more things. That, you know, his family was all tied up. There were other options, but he just went bum rushing in there. I like the impulse, but I'm upset about the re- result because yeah. And then I don't. We'll get talking about the other thing that made me lose my mind later. But man, so close. No, I I think. I think that was great, though. I mean, yeah. the thing that messes him up is, uh, first of all, it gets pretty intense because he starts choking the life out of him very angrily. Yeah, which he should have done. Which does feel like Tyler. job, get it over with. No, it feels like Tyler taking it too far at that point. He's too angry. He's too messed up. He's got to yeah. go uh, clean those pipes again, I think. Yeah, I don't really know. Like so <laughs> quickly. I'm just saying if the man who killed my father, I was choking, I wouldn't have been like, oh, man, this is too too dark too soon. Yeah. Well, uh, but I think the point is, I mean, this is like it flashes back to the scene where he's fighting that kid uh, a couple episodes back. And it's like he knows it's he doesn't want to lose control. Losing control is what people like Sam and Dodge do because they uh, don't have humanity. And it's him holding back is what makes him a hero. And ultimately the thing that trips him up is the fact that Sam has the matchstick key, which he sets fire to Tyler with, Uh, at which point Sam puts the gun to Nina's head uh, and Kinsey says, okay, I buried the key in the woods. And nice. I love this move as well. Such a smart yeah. move. Because we know like it's buried in the woods. We know it's buried in the woods. It's also her taking him out of the house and into the dark, which gives them more of a chance. So Sam takes Kinsey and Bodie into the woods, and we get another flashback. Sam talks to Rendell, who gets a call and leaves. Sam hears Dodge whispering from the drawing. She tells him to look at the file, and in the file are some notes about how he's insecure. And this is a classic reading things out of context because yeah. whatever you say about Tyler, I think Tyler's trying to help him. Rendell's trying to help him. Uh, yeah. Sam is insecure. Uh, and he's just reading the wrong thing in the wrong way. Uh, yeah. But it's Dodge manipulating him saying she'll never lie to him. Um, and he screams and runs out of there. Yeah. It, great scene. Really? Like you feel at the same time, you still are like, oh, God, he's a villain. You still feel bad for him. That would be bad for anybody to read a breakdown of their character and f- feel yeah. vulnerable in that way. Like, just very smartly done yeah. um, throughout this whole thing. I love also, on the way out the door, Kinsey says, remember to take care uh, of Sally, which triggers Tyler to know where she stashed the head key. Right. Yeah, as long uh, as he remembers that it's a perfectly stuffed whale. <laughs> Really pushing the whale. <laughs> yeah, you really are. It's uh, nothing like a Yeah, it's a good thing that he wasn't whale. like, your friend Sally? The whale? The stuffed whale? <laughs> uh, 
so Sam forces Kinsey to dig in the woods, and meanwhile, does, Tyler does the old fall back and break the chair. Which does that work? I wonder. That's why you have to keep rickety chairs in your house if yep. you're ever held hostage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anybody with All these right. steel chairs? Yeah, you're these in trouble. Fine dangle chairs. Get old chairs that are going to fall apart at any given moment. Exactly. That's the kind of chair you should have. Breakaway yeah. chairs. Breakaway was chairs. Was that a was that a bit Am I misremembering that? Was that a bit in Stranger Things 3 where they do the fall over chair thing and then they're just on their side? I think that happens I, when they're taken I hostage. I think that does happen. I think you're right. I've Very definitely funny. seen that Good before. Good show. Check out, check out Stranger Things on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> so he breaks out Nina. I don't know if I'm calls, into shows where kid kids solve mi- mi- mystical uh, sci-fi fantasy mysteries. Yeah, it doesn't sound yeah. realistic. Not up my alley either. But, you know, it's just another thing to watch. <laughs> I want a show that's about normal things. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fun. Science you should class. watch Love, also on Netflix. <laughs> Wow, wow. Indictment. Devastating take. Yeah, so anyway, I actually never watched Love, but it's supposed to be good. Uh, so to, uh, he breaks out Nita, who immediately calls the police. I like this move as well. This yeah. feel like, felt like a surprisingly weird for this sort of show move, where normally they're like, we're going to take care of this ourselves. And instead she's like, no, I'm calling the police. The police have to get here immediately, yeah. which is great. Uh, and Kinsey gets the knife from the hole and Sam's like, Oh, was that your big move? Getting that knife that you hit there in the hole. But in fact, it's not her fear comes out and attacks Sam. But I would argue, I would argue the knife was Kinsey's plan and her fear coming out is a surprise to her also. Well, because she's like, Whoa. And Bodhi's like, Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where she thinks, okay, there's a knife. But also, maybe my fear is still alive. No, she killed her fear. She stabbed it. I feel like she thought she'd killed it. And yeah. this, she's going for the weapon, and it's just a fortunate coincidence that the fear comes alive and murders. Well, I think that, you know, your fear comes alive again once you're being held at gunpoint. That is the metaphor that. that I believe they're playing with correctly identified, Pete. Uh, so... As the fear is attacking Sam, she grabs the gun and runs, at which point Tyler finds the head key. Nita is completely confused. Yeah. And then we get an agonizing moment where they hear two gunshots in the woods. And Nina yeah. basically thinks her kids are dead at this point. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. terrible. Yeah. Uh but in fact, Sam pretty quickly after that gets back to the house. Nina stabs him in the back. Yeah. At which point. Uh, we get that moment that we hinted at earlier where Tyler uses the head key on Sam. He immediately goes slack and immediately he apologizes. Yes. Pete, yeah. This was What's going? awful. How, um, how intense it went to how calm and relaxed everybody was just because he had the head key in. This is not the time to breathe, relax, talk about our feelings. There's way too much shit going on and it drove me insane. I was screaming at my screen. I'm going to disagree with you, Pete, and here's why. I think what happens here is the key to unlocking Tyler as the hero uh, of the show. He's finally released from his guilt about his father's death, and he can finally move past that and start to deal with the present. And I thought that was such a... It is a hard scene to watch because you want them to just win, but I think that was just such a useful way of getting the most important switch in the show flipped for the, it to really activate as the locks coming together, and we get it right here. I hope you're right, well, Justin. Well, I agree, and I also think the other thing that it does, which is something that we haven't really seen before, but I think using the head key on Sam, that is a different Sam that shows up to have the conversation with Tyler, and it yeah. feels like a Sam that is finally free of his limitations. That right the things that have been holding him back from that very first scene, as we saw from relating to human society, finally is able to access his emotions in the right way. Finally is able to say things in the right way. Finally is able to be the person that he knows he is inside, but is never able to reach. And I thought that was such an interesting, fascinating move, particularly because he's outside, like he's literally outside of his own head. So again, you have this very clear metaphor. 
I think that's exactly right. It's like get out of your head and get back to the core beliefs, values, maybe like a soul. Like I think that is like just a – that's why I I love this interpretation of it. We talked a little bit about this back when we first saw how the head key worked and how, oh, we miss a little bit the the pop-top skull way of doing it. But to use this production limitation – to the advantage of the storytelling, I think, is another just way they smartly got around something for the benefit, the greater benefit of the story. Well, why all these nice things were happening to for you guys. Meanwhile, well, lady strolls right in and fucks everything up. So congrats, well, guys. there's a couple of other important things we need to talk <laughs> about here. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong, but uh, Nina's brain breaks, which I thought the way, again, the way that she played that was fantastic because she can't process the magic that she's seeing. And uh, what we were talking about, Tyler says, Tyler uh, recalls the situation, recalls telling him, he was like, did you do it? Did you do it? Because I told you to. And Sam cannot remember what Tyler said to him at all, at which point they hug. Sam and Tyler reach a resolution. At which, which point, yeah, Dodge comes in and fucks everything up, uh, yeah. knocks out Nina and Tyler. Uh, and then this was pretty sad. Uh, Sam won't give yes. her the head key. So Dodge stabs him, says she could take the keys from anyone else other than locks and takes all the other keys as Nina and Tyler uh, run out, I think. Right. Like they leave. Uh, no, I think do they run out? I don't. Uh, I don't think I don't so. Know. They maybe they don't see well, that. I think they know that the keys are gone. Yeah, uh, but she uses the anywhere key to escape as the police arrive, and then well, I thought she this was... she savages. She not only does she stab Sam, but he's like she destroys. Him. Yeah, which was yes. really upsetting. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I love how well they set this up from earlier. From when yeah. Bodie used the ghost door, we already knew you can't close the ghost door, uh, but they left the key in there. And it's the detail that it's far enough long that you really have forgotten that the ghost door is open and the key is in it. Uh, yeah. In the episode, Sab goes through the ghost door, which still has the key. He turns into a ghost and then they close the door, locking him out. So he is stuck outside the house. Kinsey and Bodie are fine. The cops got them. The family hugs is Sam as a ghost looks on and cries. And I thought such a powerful, smart way of bringing home that he is never going to get what he wants, which is just to be part of a loving family, to have his ghost hanging over the house while the Locke family is together. So then his ghost disappears, which makes me wonder if he's dead or not. But I was hoping he would go hang out with the other dude in the cemetery. Chamberlain Locke. Yeah. Buddy comedy. Buddy comedy. Well, I think, again, like, it's a perfect, like, it tracks with everything that Sam has had to endure before. Like, he was always on the outside of the Locke family, watching them, feeling like they maybe liked him enough to take care of him. And then when he reads that file, he rejects them. And now, again, he has to haunt the house, observe the Locke family, knowing that he can never be a part of it. Yeah. Very sad. Uh, Last little bit. uh, Things only get worse from here. Uh, Nina is completely freaked out. Kinsey can't sleep. She's like, none of us can sleep. Uh, Don't worry about it. They hug, which is a nice resolution to that because they were not getting well. Uh, Kinsey leaves, at which point Nina pulls the gin that was a gift from Ellie out from under the sink, thinks about it. We all knew that was coming. And then drinks it all down. Yeah, I mean. Falls off the wagon. You can almost only take so much, and I'm hoping maybe if she's drunk, she can uh, the keys will talk to her, or she'll be able to experience some of the, the kid like <laughs> things, you know. Uh, okay, maybe <laughs> it's a very bad thing that as an alcoholic who is dry for six years, she drank alcohol. So it's not cool, Pete. I'm not saying it's cool, but I'm hoping if there's anything of her getting that out, maybe uh, she'll be able to hear the keys or do something. I'm hoping it's not going to be like in the comic book. Um, I'm hoping maybe there'll be something that'll help. You think it'll be like fun? Like the next episode will be a lot of fun. No, I'm just hoping maybe (laughs) she'll be able to be like, Holy shit, this head key does that. I remember it or because now, you know, I'm drunk, I'm impaired. Maybe I'm more kid like, I don't know. Interesting. Um, (laughs) 
I guess we'll, we'll see, see what happens. If they, <laughs> I like the idea that you, that kids that in your mind kids are drunk. Yeah. Like um, I mean, kind of yeah. uh, up to a certain age. I would say up to the age of two, they're definitely like stumbly drunk weirdos most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Who are shouting and insane things? Yeah, yeah. That's there fair. Uh, all right, before we wrap this up, let's unlock our key moments for the episode. Pete, what was your key moment for the episode? Unlock it. Uh, well, I feel bad because I kind of want to take Justin's idea. This didn't really occur to me. Um, but uh, talking about it now, Justin talking about this unlocking Tyler, I'm very excited about this idea that Tyler's going to be better moving forward now that he has the weight of his father's death, not on him anymore. And I'm very excited to get a better Tyler moving forward. It'll make me very happy as a viewer. Justin, what about you? I mean, I, Pete's, uh, took mine and I already said it, but yeah, I think that's the most important moment in the episode, um, for the rest of the story going forward. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I can't, I can't choose something else because that's the one. Well, hopefully the, the whale setup will pay off. You know, I'm hoping we'll get a sweet flashback to a very unbelievable scene where they're whale watching or something that really tie in that stuffed animal. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 100% guarantee you we're going to see a whale watching scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> this show turned into a voyage of the BB so quickly, nobody even noticed. Yeah. Right? Voyage don't, of the BB? Don't know. Guys? Don't know. Is no. that something from your animal uh, uh, your a, veterinarian? That uh, is a Canadian crew? public broadcast TV show that they made us watch in sixth grade for some reason. Wow. And you are living it, in the deep past, and I love it because it works. Zalvin, what yes. was your key moment? I mean, a, a little bit off from that, but uh, the same scene, just Sam's expression when he's taken out of his head is, like I said, I think so smart, so emotional, and him immediately hugging Tyler is so powerful. Um I love that. Like it just, it says so much about the magic of the keys. It says so much about Sam as a character, uh, Tyler as well. It's great. Yeah. So there you go. If you want to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday at 7 PM at the people's improv theater loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about lock and key socially lock and key pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe to the show. And on iTunes in particular, please leave us a comment. Those help us out quite a bit. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And remember, you always want a little locks with your bagels. Oh, my God. Get well soon, Pete. And I think you know what I mean when yeah. I say that. Yeah, I hope I Clean those pipes, either. Pete. Clean those pipes, Pete. Stop. You're an awful person. Well's just the original pipe. 